0: Get ready for the ultimate gaming marathon for a great cause. Halcyon Frequency presents the Dwarf Fortress Hot Potato Fundraiser for Doctors Without Borders. For four days, 22 streamers will take turns managing one fortress for 88 hours straight, starting at 3 a.m. Pacific Time on April 28th. Your donations will support the life-saving work of Doctors Without Borders. Join us for unforgettable gameplay and a chance to make a real difference. You can find links in the show notes or at dfroundtable.com. Welcome to Dwarf Fortress
1: Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so, your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress.
2: So let's join your hosts, Roland. Just one place. Let, let me just... Let me just tell you where I have been. Tony. It's wife. I. It's, it's it's supposed to be a parable
1: about one's spouse. And Jonathan.
0: Buck. Lenny and Wiffy. Ginger. Uh, oh, cheesy Pooh. As they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis.
1: Joining the roundtable today is Willow, a relative newcomer
3: to Dwarf Fortress. I really thought you were going to say, like, don't go with someone who will rat on you. And always remember, losing is fun. Get your cat sausage and coffees ready for another episode of your favorite podcast, Dwarf Fortress Roundtable.
1: <laughs> it's that's it's dark. That's <laughs> Is there an SPCA that's going to come after us? Well, hopefully. they you know, it's all in good fun. No cats are hurt, and
0: we all love animals. You know, the SPCA has to hate Dwarf Fortress. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Just lots of, lots of donations.
0: Let's see, I'm going to get all of these wild animals, I'm going to chain them up until they are tame.
2: <laughs> I mean, there used to be a thing on Reddit where you could cross-post something that sounded absolutely insane without the context. And the entirety of the War Fortress got kind of banned from that because it is just too easy to do it. Yeah, it's the shit Reddit says or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Or I think it might be our no contact.
2: Either or, yeah. Exactly. You
0: listen to five minutes of this podcast. We had an episode with Alexi Peppers on some years ago. And if you listen to like five minutes of that episode without any context, it sounds like we're planning murders. It's, <laughs> it's the the Murder Incorporated podcast.
1: Well, if you've listened to five minutes of this podcast, first of all, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, so,
0: it's That's really hard to come into the middle of a podcast though.
1: Yeah. Well, you wouldn't wanna you wouldn't want to miss out on the early episodes to really understand that, where the plot has gone. That's
0: important stuff. If you're wondering who this other voice is, this is Willow, and Willow first started playing Dwarf Fortress after the Steam release. So we wanted to talk about what it's like if all of your experience with Dwarf Fortress is post Steam release. So, yeah, could you give us an idea of your uh, of your Dwarf Fortress start? How would you get started with it?
3: Yeah, so I did play a small amount before the Steam release. I was working in a call center, and I had way too much time on my hands. I needed to occupy my brain somehow because talking to these people <laughs> did not do it. <laughs> So I
0: Been there, done that.
3: You know, I messed around in Microsoft Paint making pixel art and I ended up picking up Dwarf Fortress because I knew it wouldn't look like a video game. <laughs> so I tried I tried it out and I did not get very far and I ended up leaving that job not too long after I started trying it out. And I did not pick it back up again because I I basically bounced off of it, uh, the same as people yep. normally do, you know, we've heard several times people will say they, they gave the game a shot and it was too difficult, too arcane, bounced off of it, came back, tried again. And between then and the Steam release, a couple of times I had thought, you know, maybe I should give Dwarf Fortress a try again. Maybe I should give it another go. Uh, and occasionally I would actually browse the wiki just because it was so fascinating. So I knew a little bit about it, but I did not play it anymore until the Steam release came around. And then I was like, okay, well, I have to get it now because it's going to be so much easier. So I did, and it has been absolutely a breeze to to learn it. Like, there's absolutely no comparison between trying to learn it on the, you know, the pre-GUI, pre-mouse support version. Uh, I guess pre-GUI isn't, isn't, quite right technically I, I know what you mean though yeah yeah um yeah it's been worlds easier learning it on the on the steam on, on v50 i should say that's the yeah. that's the way to refer to it without excluding uh itch.io which is a great platform you should check that out by the way that's a good point that's
0: a good point that is a very good point cuz i think steam or the free non premium version which i have i've have downloaded that and played it
1: so Dwarf Fortress made you quit your job? Is, is that what I mean? <laughs> you got into it, and then you... It's interesting. We haven't had anybody that, that left their job. That's great.
0: Hey, I know what I was going to ask. Um, Whenever you first tried Dwarf Fortress, did you use the any of the uh, starter packs, or did you just use vanilla?
3: That's a tough question. I think I remember messing around with Lazy Noob Pack. I remember mm-hmm. seeing that tile set. So I think what I did is I used Lazy Noob Pack but then I did not really like the tile set that came with it. Um, yep. So I turned off the tile set, but I probably was still using the lazy nude pack to like launch the game.
0: Yeah. That's, mm. that's the mm-hmm. way, that's the, the, um, the recommended way of using Dwarf Fortress at work is to turn off the graphics so that it just looks like <laughs> network <laughs> that looks nonsense. Yeah. exactly. Trust
2: me, I'm working.
1: <laughs> what, what program are you writing right now? Well, <laughs> Uh, Cobol. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and and also the uh, whenever you pull up a, a dwarf therapist, it looks like you're running a uh, you know a, a, a an analysis on an Excel spreadsheet. So, kind of are. <laughs> mm. So Willow, have you successfully? How long did it take you to have success? Did you feel and successfully build a fortress?
3: Well, do you recall my... your first fortress? <laughs> Yeah, my, my first fortress went fairly well. Just, just off of the tutorial. I didn't get any kind of like super evil biome or anything. I'm trying to recall how that fortress ended and I'm struggling, but I imagine it probably ended some, something similar to how most of my fortresses end, which is I realize that I don't like something about the layout, and I start over.
0: Well, I tell you what, it's nice to hear that that is still the same, because my first five fortresses probably didn't last over two in-game years, because I'd be like, oh, I did that horribly. I'm going to retire it and go do something else. Yeah. Eventually, I stopped doing that and just started working around my, my, mis- my design mistakes, because I figured out that if I keep doing that, I'm never going to design the perfect fortress and I'm never going to get past year two.
3: Yeah. That's about where I'm at right now as well. What I'm working on right now, I am, I want to run a, a short D and D campaign, not in D and D the system, but you know, a tabletop RPG similar to D and D same vibe. And the idea I had for it was to play a game of Dwarf Fortress and, you know, build a fort, dig deep, uh, not be too careful about security. And then when inevitably something happens and the fortress dies, then I have my dungeon that I can send the adventurers into. And then I also have like a, a reason for them to go there. They're, uh, uh, they're reclaiming the fort. They're a, a party of, of dwarves sent from the mountain home to reclaim this desolate, destroyed, ruined fortress. And I always like the idea of sort of restricted player options in RPGs. So yeah. I'm going I've, to, I've, I've told them, you know, for this game, if you're, you don't have to be a dwarf, but if you're not a dwarf, you got to explain to me why you're on this expedition for a bunch <laughs> of dwarves, you know?
0: Well, Roland, do you, you, uh, integrated Dwarf Fortress and Dungeons and Dragons in some way, didn't you?
2: Um, yes, I used it as the as two things actually, as a world creator and a character creator. Where I would map out a world, and then I use the 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 picture of the world as my world map with all the towns and yada yada. Or I would create an adventurer. And you get all these little tidbits uh, like he's vain, he's zany, and, and blah blah blah. <laughs> and you, you would um, make a the guy that you kind of want to play, and then you just copy the text that you ultimately came up with. So, yeah, no, I can I can see why uh, you use Dwarf Fortress to generate something because it, it it's it's amazing for that. Yeah, great idea. Also, uh, you get the back history. Yes. The, True. Yeah. True. And the gods, and yeah. stuff. Can I ask what kind of system you used for your thing?
3: Like what computer I'm running on it? Or uh, oh, no, oh the... what TTRPG system?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um. Yes. I am having trouble recalling the name. Let me look it up.
0: I used Osric. I did a I did a whole Osric campaign that was basically first edition D and D because that's all the books I had because I'm so old. I had. Every book from 1980 through 83, the old first edition, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So I use the Osric rule set. uh, Old school rules index. And the C stood for something. It was pretty fun.
3: World of Dungeons. It's called World of Dungeons.
0: World of Dungeons. It is a
3: three-page system. And... Yeah. The whole system is three pages. The entire rules for the system is three, like, well, I guess technically it's, it's six side, like it's three pages double sided. Um, but two, two of those, so, so what, one of those double sided pages is two character sheets. And then a quarter or half of one of those pages is just a giant image. So it is a very, very concise rule system. I'm planning on running this for mostly players who are completely new to TTRPGs in general, and I like the vibe of it. It reminds me of when I found my dad's first edition AD&D books when I was 12 and forced my family to play D&D with me. (laughs) I've been chasing that high ever since.
4: In ages past, Jack Dillon, the renowned minstrel of New Tower, sang of Elder Bim's conviction that he had been chosen by the forces of nature and divinity to lead his fellow dwarves on a great and noble quest. Though the purpose of this quest remained shrouded in mystery, Bim remained steadfast in his belief that its importance could not be overstated. Thus, the Elder knew that he must gather together a great host of motivated and skilled dwarves to help him fulfill this sacred task. To this end, he commanded the elders to carve out well-appointed living spaces, a grand and opulent tavern, a luxuriously appointed dining hall, and a magnificent temple dedicated to the worship of the great god Mondal Ibrakrash and Arrakast. And so it was, that the elders worked tirelessly, carving the very rock of the earth to create a home worthy of the noble quest that lay ahead. They toiled with hammer and chisel shaping the stone with a care and attention to detail that could only come from the hearts of true crafts dwarves. Elder Bim watched with pride as his people reveled in the glory of their new home. He knew that the road ahead would be long and arduous, but with the steadfast determination of his people and the blessings of the gods, they would prevail. Thus saith Jack Dylan, bard of Newtower, who will forever sing of the courage and determination of the dwarves of that great and noble fortress.
0: So, Willow, fortress defense. Do you have a preferred fortress defense method?
3: Yes. Do you prefer
0: like a drawbridge over over a door?
3: Drawbridges all the way. Something I've noticed is that whenever I bust into the caverns, if I want to continue my stairwell, it is very difficult to do that. I've found that what I have to do is just block, put a floor. At the the bottom of the stairwell, like before it busts into the cavern ceiling and then dig around and down through like a column in the cavern because, uh, and this is something that has been brought up on a few recent episodes, the stair building system, while it is so easy to use for most purposes, the stair mining and building, you don't have to worry about upstairs and downstairs does not work if you bust through the cavern ceiling and then you make your way down to the cavern floor. You cannot then connect a stairwell that you've constructed from the cavern floor to that hole in the cavern ceiling unless yeah. you remove your entire stairway, which often is tens of Z-levels, and rebuild your stair- your stairway from scratch all the way up, which is yeah. so annoying. So um, someone brought up... The idea of an advanced mode for stair mm-hmm. building, and it was I think twisted that logic a,
0: gaming. I think, yeah. Yes,
3: thank you, twisted logic. That is a great idea. Please do that. I, I would love an advanced mode for stairs, just for that one connection point, so that I don't have to remove this entire. I mean, it's a perfectly good stairwell.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly. I, I know exactly what is meant by that. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, especially uh, when when I encountered it. It was very new, the version. Like, I did not know anything had changed too much here. And suddenly, I had trouble connecting those stairs. And I was like, well, 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 what is happening? Uh, did I just lose half my brain? What? Why are you not doing what you used to do before? And then you do actually have to, like, slap a floor on it. And the whole thing of you breach down, and then you have... Uh, You have an up-down staircase, uh, so there is now a hole in the ceiling of the cavern, so something could fly up. Yeah. And getting rid of that is like, A, A, not working. It is not working the way it should. Well, they can't
0: fly up if you put a floor over it, can they?
2: That's true, but in two times, it removed the entire stair. Yeah, you get trapped down there. Yeah. Ah.
3: Yeah, you gotta be careful.
2: Yeah, so your dudes, you have to build
1: another staircase to get at it. It sucks when you punch into the caverns. It's it sucks. I've lo- I lost a bunch of dwarves one time because I couldn't figure out why they couldn't get out, but they were in my mind anyway. Just it's crazy. Yeah, I, it, I don't think it's working quite the way it's supposed to.
3: I wonder if it would be possible to add that feature through modding or not. I don't know anything about uh, modding in this game or so I don't know if that would be possible or not, but
1: I think that's a level below what you can do with modding based on my understanding of how the modding system works. I think that's kind of in the core mechanics side of things. So I suspect it's unintentional and that eventually someone at
2: dwarf (laughs) HQ is going to go, Hey, you know what? I mean, it, used to exist, it is like the temperature. The temperature is still in the game. It's just not being shown. So you would probably just need a place. You, you would need to make a place inside the GUI so you can access the currently hidden points of the game again, like temperature or whatever.
0: Unless they actually... Uh, it could be that they ended up refactoring the stair. Stairwell code, and if that's the mm-hmm. case, then it may not be so easy just to 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 add a a yeah. button.
1: As long as there's a workaround. Okay, fair. Well,
3: to anyone out there in the modding community, if you are looking for a project, please do <laughs> us all a favor and give us a way to make stairs work.
0: Hey, speaking of mods, I heard that DF Hack was going to be going into the uh, into the into the Steam Workshop. Is mm. anybody? I looked there yesterday, and I didn't see that it was in there. Anybody heard anything about um, that?
2: Yes. Yes, actually. It is currently just in the beta. They're trying things out. They're trying how stable it is. Uh, a few days ago, you could get a beta code on our uh, subreddit. Um, I saw it, and I got a beta code, and I still have to try it out, actually.
0: Our subreddit. What, so, the, oh, the, about the Dwarf Fortress
2: subreddit, I mean. Thank you. Not, not the roundtable subreddit that does not exist. (laughs) We're we're all claiming it now. All of us. Um, uh, yeah, no, it is, it is like, uh, it is currently in beta. So you can't access it normally. You need a code to download it. And then they, they're testing how stable it currently is and if everything works. And maybe in a few weeks, if they have finished working on a few bugs or crashes or whatever, um, they will put it up. And then it's done because Steam always requires um, a little bit of time where you actually show Steam. Oh, it's not like something that we pulled out of our nose. It actually works. And then once the DF hack version is out, I think that's the indication
1: that we're about to get a new version of the game. Usually, <laughs> once the DF hack is stable.
0: If the so if accepted. the pattern holds true,
2: you know. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. But the good thing oh. about the uh steam workshop df hack would be that you just have to click on a single button it installs itself mm-hmm. and even when your game gets updated it keeps it keeps there it does not deinstall yeah, it does not break your useful. game it just goes back and pretends that it's not there so in the meantime you kind of have to play with the normal normal dwarfs, and as soon as the df hack version on the workshop is up to date it instantly is there again. So, I think that is mm. So, Roland, what are the
1: what are the go-to features that I that I really want if I'm not a DF hack guy and I and I haven't really installed it before uh not that I'm saying that 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 is the case, but if I were, what would I be most excited about in DF hack if I was if I was new to Steam, no idea what this was, why would I install it? What am I going to get out of it?
3: Stone sense?
2: For example. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Stone Sense. You guys like Stone Sense. A 3D program is, is pretty good. At some point, we will hopefully mm-hmm. have the whole Legends Viewer thing again. Yep. So that you can export Legends, you have a full window, you have a world map, and the world map is interactive. But just in the game, you also get neat little tricks like clean owned X, so that every single item that a dwarf wears. That is very worn gets automatically dumped so that yeah like marked for dumping, not dumped, but they mark it for dumping, mm-hmm. and suddenly half your population goes and throws their own shirts away, so they don't have like a like a way well, well, I'm not wearing a good shirt anymore
0: yeah, right you now there's just, no way to get rid of worn clothing right
2: you have to trade it you have to go into the dwarf, click on the item click on the item to be dumped. And that is, if you have 200 dwarves, it is, ugh.
0: But I thought I heard that they won't dump it, even if you do that.
2: As sometimes they're weird about it because, yeah,
1: yeah. I've been trading it away. Anything with Xs in it, I usually just give to the elves or whatever.
2: Yeah, but that is not own clothing. That is not the, that is not the clothing that they have in their bedrooms and on their bodies. That is the big yeah. difference. Oh,
1: that's right. It's only just the, the crap that's laying around, yeah. 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 So can you um could I mean theoretically like I, I'm just trying to think about like ways that people manage this without without that. And I guess if you have a steady stream of new clothes yes. for them to wear, will they go grab that stuff and dump the
2: old stuff? Yes, 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 yes. They will, they will. It will take longer because they will often wear a shirt. Uh, that is already like worn yeah they're thrifty and then cry about it like oh no my shirt is worn," even though they're perfectly good shirts it, they could just grab because it's dwarfs. Little martyrs yeah just little and martyrs aren't they the the problem that i often see is that you have a lot of dwarves that are very chaotic or they're really like looking good and they end up having like a walk-in closet uh, out of their entire room and the entire room is like plastered full of clothing that is just all over the floor. So one dwarf does not own the few things that he has on his body, but the dwarf owns, like, 100 different pieces of clothing. And can you not? Can you Can you throw it away? It's all tattered. It's all old. We
3: need a Marie Kondo mod.
2: Yeah, that's right. What's that?
3: We need a Marie Kondo mod. She's the Does It Spark Joy
1: woman. Ah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah good joke das tot, does this bring <laughs> you joy does this tattered loincloth bring you
2: joy
3: oh boy
2: um yeah if that's a good idea if they put shells on a tattered loincloth no it does not bring me joy <laughs> it shells on it well it tatters you've made something new
4: After a harsh winter, Logan Hastings tells us that spring of the year 106 arrived, bringing renewed hope to the resilient dwarves of Newtower. Despite the mediocre soil, they toiled tirelessly to prepare it for planting, eagerly anticipating the coming harvest. But the dwarves knew that they must do more than simply survive, they must thrive. And so, they devoted themselves to the creation of magnificent works of art, using their calloused hands and unbridled passion to craft masterpieces of unparalleled beauty. As the sun set on the first day of their artistic endeavors, the dwarves gathered in the Great Hall to marvel at each other's creations. From statues of heroes and gods to intricate engravings on weapons and armor, the works were a testament to the dwarves' artistic prowess. Watching with pride, Elder Bim knew that the future of New Tower of Showing was bright indeed. With their mastery of both agriculture and art, they would surely become renowned throughout the land. As Logan Hastings, bard of New Tower, would later recount, Spring had brought with it not only the promise of a bountiful harvest, but also the birth of a new cultural center in the untamed wilderness.
3: Another great use for D.F. Hack is removing aquifers. You know, if you've ever wanted to True. embark on a river mm-hmm. but not have to deal with an aquifer and you're on a small world and you just can't find a location like that, just embark anyway and then, um, I forget the command, but you can clear out the aquifer entirely. Just drain it and then you don't have to worry about it.
0: There's We're a back. mod for that. That's one of the workshop mods that I that I use yeah, every time same. is no aquifers.
3: Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah. They're, yeah. they're kind
1: of annoying. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. It's, it's very, very, uh very useful. I have not looked back since I got rid of, I don't care that the realism is, is not as high. Yeah. It's, it's great.
1: I can live with that. I can live with, with less realism.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's not like you always have an aquifer to deal with. You can just embark on a place without an aquifer. So if you're doing that anyway, it just expands your options. Although there are some really cool things you can do with aquifers, waterfalls, and such, um, if you look on the subreddit, there is some really neat stuff people have done, it looks really cool. I,
2: I saw somebody made a stairwell that is fairly large and had a waterfall in the middle. Um, so the waterfall was actually four, t- like two by two tiles, so big, and it fed entirely on like two layers of slowly dripping water in a cave that uh, kind of came together and made a whole waterfall. That was pretty cool. Nice. How about those frames? Isn't that
1: a frame rate murder? I always had problems with that. Whenever I started messing with waterfalls and misgenerators and stuff, my FPS dipped to uncomfortable
2: levels.
0: I've not had frame rate problems at all since the uh, version 50 came out. It's been much Mm. better, it seems to me.
2: It has gotten a lot better. That, that yeah, it cool. has gotten a lot better.
0: Yeah, Needly I think I've enough,
1: had though. ridiculous fort sizes, like 300 or something. Oh,
2: yeah, we, yeah. we you, you remember your along. ridiculous way. You, well, you show off that. with your <clears throat> CPU. Yes. No longer,
1: no longer a single core leader here. I, there's mm. multiple processors that are <laughs> more capable, but it is, it is a, it is a testament to the fact that they've clearly done a lot of optimizing.
0: Hey, I tried out the, uh, the new Dwarf Fortress beta branch that, uh, that mm. you can go into. Yeah. I tried it out for about. Does everybody know how to day. do that
1: to, to get that one? Yeah. Just, I don't know if everybody yeah, knows you how go, to get into that.
0: You right click, uh, the Dwarf Fortress thing on the Steam launcher and select properties and there's a option for beta branch, but I, I had it crash on me three times. So oh. I went back to uh-huh. the, to the stable branch because uh-huh.
1: and, are you using hack or just plain.
0: Nope. Nope. I am using the No Aquifers plugins, or No Aquifers uh, workshop mod, so I maybe sh- want to turn that off and try again.
3: Could I have something to do with it? It seems
0: like that would only have an effect during World Gen, but yeah, I don't know. I would, maybe it has its yeah. fingers in there.
2: How do the children look? It was a very I weird don't know.
0: question. I didn't ever get that far. Aww. I, it's a brand new fortress. I've only got seven dwarves in it, so um, Oh, that new. Yeah, and I was building my initial bedrooms and uh I, it crashed on me. I mean, you know how dual fortress crashes. It just goes away. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed <laughs> with the with the new version. <laughs> Doesn't belabor
1: the point with long error messages and <laughs> debug logs. It just it just gets out of your way.
0: It just sounds you deal with the sucks. loss
1: on your own terms. Yeah. So considerate.
0: Yeah, but so it did that to me three different times. Whenever I <clears throat> whenever it would crash, I would try doing something else. So I it did that, and I was like, "Well, you know what? I'll try again in a couple months after these bugs have been worked out." Yeah, if if something has changed where I can I can submit a a dump, then that would be great. But I don't think that's an option, so I didn't really report anything because I have no idea what it was that I was doing that caused the crash.
1: Yeah, i've 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 had the beta up and running, but I haven't seen much. I mean, I I can't. I mean, I guess I can see a little bit. I, I, the kids, the children, don't look too much
2: different. What am I supposed to be looking for? I guess just disable uh, for you. Yeah, I haven't had any problems. Ah, oh, cool. Um, child animals, like small animals, young animals. Child animals, um, yes. Dragons? Right, oh, if have you have any,
1: no dragons. <laughs> have not. Had, I haven't had dragons for, for ages. I Why mean, not? It's been... No
2: dragons. Mm-mm,
1: no, not since uh, not since the olden times.
2: Mega meme. No dragons.
3: Oh, I ran into a hydra on one of my early forts. There was this hydra just chilling over on the side of the map. I did not notice it for like over an in-game year. Oh boy. <laughs> I I was looking through my dwarves and I noticed they all worshiped um different different gods, but they uh there was a an actual picture. Usually there's like the blank picture frame next to it for for each god but this one had an actual picture i was like oh that kind of uh, looks like a dragon or something i clicked on it (laughs) and it took me over across the screen to this hydra that's just chilling on the other side of the map all of my dwarves worshipped this hydra under various (laughs) names so at that point, you know, I was still relatively early on in the fort, but I knew right then that what I had to do was to capture the Hydra and then build a temple for it <laughs> so they could worship their God in person, you know. Uh, and, and I managed it. I, I like dug around to the other side of the map underground and dug out a little tunnel and I set up a cage trap and then I sent one, one, like my, my worst dwarf. Uh, picked the shortest straw. Had to like run out there. I, I think I told him to to like pick a plant or something.
0: Yeah, was his name Bait?
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and then and then as soon as the, the Hydra noticed him, I had him run back inside, and uh and it, it, the, the cage trap worked, and then I was able to move it over to this temple. There was a mesa or or butte. With a cave under it, which was really cool as well. Technically, the Hydra, according to legends, uh, had taken up residence in the cave, but really it was just on the same like map square. So it was just chilling over on the surface, like on the other side of the embark from from the cave. But we moved it over to this temple we built on top of the cave. Um, I wish I still had that for it. I I have a bad habit of just deleting all of my forts when i move on because i don't like how they clutter up the ui i should probably back them up before i do that but uh haven't been doing that
0: yeah i did the same thing every time a new version would come out i would just i would just abandon the old version uh, okay but-
2: hang on i have i have a question why don't you embark in the same world if you have the feeling that you are done with the fort anyway then you can just return oh, yeah. to fort and embark in the same world and you'll yeah. visit you'll have friends visits from your old friends
1: in a lot of cases
3: That's that's a good idea um, I've tried doing that a couple of times one problem with that is that I like to use a lot of mods and sometimes you know I won't be happy with the mod configuration so mm, I'll okay. I'll need to create a new world to adjust that Another thing is the world generation often I want some very specific things in my embark one thing, so Jonathan, I know you've talked about how you love to dig into the side of the mountain and I'm yep. right there with you. It feels, it feels dwarfy. It's
0: dwarfy. Yes, yes. exactly. Moria, uh, man, Moria. Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I want to do that, but often the world generation is quite shallow hills. If, even if you embark at the edge of a mountain, you don't get these like steep cliffs, I would really love a really steep cliff like three or four z levels up and then more flat terrain like a like an actual cliff um but you could just get these these gentle hills and i've tried messing around with the world generation quite a bit you know turning off erosion and everything and i've gotten embarked you know you know looking at the embark screen you can choose to show elevation so i'm looking for these steep You know, differences in elevation and even embarking on those, you get these very, like giant hills, almost like a cliff, but they're very rounded. It looks like a giant butt. There's Mm -hmm. these (laughs) big voluptuous hills (laughs) and great Mm. tracts of land, but not a steep cliff. And I, I wonder, have any of y'all messed with world gen or found a way to generate a steep cliff like that?
0: I don't know that there ever was. I never saw even in in the pre fifty days. I never saw a, a cliff that you couldn't traverse the the arrow to the next Z level on it. Yeah. Is there anything that you just can't climb?
3: I have actually been able to generate a cliff like I was describing. You know, just voluptuous giant hill. Where the very bottom of it, where it meets the ground, because it, it'll be like perfectly flat for half the map, and then just this giant—it's like two spheres almost—and there is a small section where it goes up about three Z levels with just a sheer cliff face. So yes, I have have been able to see that's technically not traversable.
0: Okay, I've I've not run into that, but it may just be because I. Uh, uh- yeah, it took I a lot.
3: It. it took a lot of finagling to get that to generate at all. So I'm not surprised that you haven't run into it ge- um, organically.
2: Nolan, Tony, either have you tried that? I only dabbled uh, a little in world generation. I wanted more volcanoes and more wetlands, and then I wanted deserts. That was kind of it. I do have to admit that while channeling into a mountain sounds very nice. I know myself. I will just settle for a boring fortress on the flatlands, and then I build, like, a castle over the entrance. So Fair enough.
3: Uh, I'm trying that with my current fortress. Yeah, that. I mean,
2: it can look very nice, and the amount of above-ground crops and animals that you can keep is pretty nice, but uh I'm currently trying to build something that looks like houses and sheds, like actual houses with a slanted roof and, and like barns uh, okay. in a small idea fort that is just 10 people having their own community tavern. And, oh God, a beauty building in Dwarf Fortress is just something else.
3: Are you using <laughs> stone scents to to get an idea of the layout?
2: Um, no. I, I mean, I kind of know how it would look like. I. Mm. Just have trouble seeing wooden ramps currently. So it looks very blocky. I know that there is a ramp because I can see the ramp is there. There the, the blue triangle is there, but it just looks like a dark roof. And I'm like, mm. hmm.
0: For people who don't know, Stone Sense is a DF hack command that allows you to view a 3D representation of your fortress. Uh, it looks kind of like uh, you're looking at Minecraft from a third-person point of view. It's an so isometric it's a way for, view. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. So it's yeah. not – you can't, like, pan the camera around – is pan the right word there? I think yeah, so. Yeah, it would be.
1: It would be, yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, you can move the camera around, but you can't really – it's not like playing a first-person shooter or anything.
3: Right. Armok Vision yeah, is more like that, right?
0: Yeah, yep. that would be great mm-hmm. to have work, but I never could get it to get to above like one frame every three seconds, but that was, that <laughs> yeah, was it's not so good. That was some time ago. I might try it again eventually. So you said, Willow, that you use a lot of mods. What, what are some of the mods that you do use?
3: So I've got one that called on off burrows activation button that switches the little pause button that just gets highlighted <laughs> for your Burrows oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. an actual like, Green okay. on red off, so you can tell.
1: Need it. Mm.
3: Which one it is.
1: That's useful.
3: Uh, bourbon's dark depths and dark floors. Instead of the like blue Z fog, it's like a darker gray Z fog. And then the dark floors, there's a slight blue tint to the like standard stone texture, and this kind of makes it more of a gray gray. What I really mm-hmm. like, especially for this, um, tabletop project I'm working on is 2.5d perspective walls. Uh, it makes the the north side of walls have like a little bit of height to them. So it kind of, you know, puts everything in a little bit of perspective. Squad and burrow icons gives you a lot more options for when you're making your your squads and burrows instead of just shapes, you know, it's got like actual symbols that can have there's like a little paw print for your your pets and stuff there's uh grain if you want to have like a farming area
0: so it sounds like you go all in on the workshop mods okay. oh
3: yeah, I used to have more. I only have these six right now, although huh, that's interesting. I'm looking at this list and I'm noticing that even though I'm only subscribed to these was it six or seven eight. I'm only subscribed to these eight mods, but when I create a new world, there's this long list. So I think that something is happening with the workshop where mods that I've unsubscribed from are not getting removed from my system. It's interesting. Hmm. I'd say probably my favorite quality of life mod is the see-through smoothing designations with priority because you can just like mining you can put priority on your smoothing designations and that's not that does not show up at all in vanilla and the smoothing designations I'm sure you all have noticed are very opaque in vanilla so this makes it much more see-through so you can designate a whole area of smoothing and then still be able to see what you're working with
4: Listen now, O oh people of the land, and hear the tale of the Midsummer 106 migration, as told by the wise bard Gnome Gaul. It was then that a group of dwarves, each skilled in their own right, set forth on a journey to seek out new lands and new opportunities. Among them was Licket Tower Manors, an accomplished woodcutter and adequate potash maker, who found himself drawn to a mysterious door. Yuvash Tomes a cook and bookbinder, harbored a deep dislike for someone, yet proclaimed that all was well. Obok Tool Traded, an accomplished gem cutter, declared that she was doing well, while Cat Ten Rift Channels, a proficient spinner and competent doctor, pondered how one could be consumed by hate. Ineth Wayne Castle, a competent swords dwarf and pike dwarf, was unmoved by the presence of a nearby door, while Zutton Crafted Wetz, who felt ill at ease in formal attire, declined to dress up. Yet despite their disparate natures and attitudes, Elder Bim saw in these dwarves a sign from the god Mondal Ibercrash and Arrockest that all was well, and that their arrival to New Tower of Showing would be blessed. And so it was, that they became one with the elder dwarves, their fate uncertain, but their spirits strong and their hearts full of hope. So saith the bard Gnome Gaul.
0: What other kind of, of simulation games have you played before? What are the, what's your other, other gaming interests?
3: Yeah, so funny enough, I generally do not go for any kind of strategy game. Mm-hmm. Like I have a few friends who play Stellaris. They love it. I tried playing it and it just reminded me strategy games really are not my jam. I think the main difference between them and Dwarf Fortress for me is just the lack of competition it's You really don't have to worry about enemies once you get the hang of you know making sure there's enough food and drink it as long as you're not embarking in a super evil biome it's it's not too hard to stay alive, and so having that pressure not be there or or being able to to set. The level of that pressure based on where I'm embarking, let's say, makes it a lot more enjoyable for me than, than a a strategy game like Stellaris or, you know, Supreme Commander or whatever. Well, you mentioned Caves of, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was about to say Caves of Cud. So (laughs) you mentioned Caves of Cud on the podcast a little while back and I checked it out. That game is so cool. The, the vibes are off the charts amazing. And I, I've i been interested in roguelikes since actually about the same time as when I tried out Dwarf Fortress. I tried out NetHack because, you know... Again, Another game that you can, can play at work, yes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was super cool, but it's quite difficult. And I never really got very far with it. But then Caves of Cud is so much more accessible because... They have different modes you can play in. So there's the the role play mode and uh wander mode and then there's like classic mode. So classic mode is your general roguelike, you know, you die, that's it. Uh role play mode, you get a checkpoint at each settlement so <coughs> that if you die, you respawn back, back, you know, back at that uh that checkpoint. It's almost like Dark Souls kind of a checkpoint system. And then wander is um enemies are neutral towards you and you can kind of just explore. And having those options made it so much easier to learn the game because, you know, I could start on Wander, get an idea for how things work generally, move to role play, you know, and then if, if there's some something that completely ca- catches me off guard, like, you know, the normal role play, I mean, sorry, the normal roguelike experience there is, oh, well, I guess now I know that that will kill me if I don't plan <laughs> for it and then you have to start a new run but now with um uh, with the role play mode you can be like oh i guess now i know that will kill me if i don't plan for it and i can keep going with this run and actually plan for it right now which i love and now when i when i play i'm actually always running on on the classic mode because i've got a feel for it i know you know, what to look out for generally. And I can enjoy that classic roguelike experience without having to put, you know, uh, tens of extra hours into it just to get to the point where I can really enjoy the game, which I love. I think more roguelikes should do that.
0: If I can, if I can recommend one, have you ever played Brogue? B-R-O-G-U-E?
3: No, I have not.
0: You should check out Brogue because it's very net hacky, except the interface is much better. There's mouse support. Yeah, just... Go check out Brogue, B R O G U E, and, uh, and yeah, I think you'll like it if you, if you dig roguelikes. Okay.
3: Yeah. I, right on. That's
0: how I came into Dwarf Fortress was through roguelikes. I was at work and, uh, and a friend of mine said, well, if you like roguelikes, then you should check out Dwarf Fortress. And th- at that point, I had never heard about it. <laughs> and, uh, so I moved and, and roguelike radio, which was, uh, it, it, it's a, uh, a roguelike podcast. They had Tarn Adams on. Uh, on an interview, so if you dig podcasts, you should go listen to uh, at least at least selected episodes of Roguelike Radio.
1: Another Roguelike game? Did you guys have you guys checked out um, Vampire Survivors? No. It's on, What's it about? It's a, it's a Steam one. Uh, you oh, go around right. and kill lots of things, and then get yeah, power ups that persist yeah, yeah. through your death. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. It's very. Um,
1: um, I got it Methamphetamine, for the phone. a video game.
2: And for the phone? It, yeah. yeah, it's for the phone. It was even free. For Does the it phone. work on the phone? I didn't yeah, know about that. Yeah, well it works amazingly well on the phone. Steam. And um, <laughs> I, I was surprised on how many things there are in the game. Because it's not just, like, it starts off as, oh, yeah, choose one of those four people and you kill some bats. <laughs> and then it ends yeah. up, you kind of defeat some god. But no spoilers here. <clears throat> uh,
1: it's It's pretty good. If you have a Steam deck, it plays really well on that, too. But very basic game, very um, addictive gameplay mechanics.
3: I'll have to check it out.
0: What advice would you give to someone who's just starting out with Dwarf Fortress uh, as someone who's been into it in the last you know, year or so?
3: Before I, I do that, quick shout out to Noita, which is another awesome uh, roguelike game. If you've ever played one of those Falling Sand games where... Every pixel is simulated. Well, in Noita, every pixel is simulated. It is huh. one of my favorite yeah. games Ooh. of all time. Definitely try it.
0: Yeah, send us a link to that on uh, in the yeah. and we'll put that in the show notes too. Right on. Thanks.
3: So, advice for new uh, Dwarf Fortress players: try to try try not to start over all the time. Your first couple of forts. <laughs> You know, maybe that's okay if you're trying, if you're learning new mechanics, but after a certain point, you're, you're going to be doing yourself a disfavor if you keep starting over and let it be messy. Uh, something I'm doing right now is, is, you know, for a while, I would, I would plan out my fortress to, to the last detail and you know to the point of like i don't want to build a wall here to make this column i'm just going to carve it out of the stone right like i don't i don't mm-hmm. want to build any stone structures i just want to carve my fortress perfectly out of the mountain and that sounds really cool but what's going to happen is you are going to hit a cavern or you're going to hit a an aquifer or you are going to Dig a staircase and then not be able to get back up, and you're gonna have to dig around it, and it's gonna get messy at some point. So you may as well let it be messy from the get go. You know, don't don't even start digging your actual fortress. Just dig a hole in the ground, <laughs> some place for your dwarves to get out of the the terrifying sunlight and rain, and put all their stuff, and just expand that. Give yourself a place to to put your industries. And then once you've got, you know, livable quarters established, then, you know, big dig down, dig out something cool, you know, make a a grand tavern or something. And then, you know, build build on that, make a more a more developed fortress complex and then just dig a new entrance, you know. Dig a new entrance, and you'll have this awesome like remnants of of the starting fortress there. You know, maybe you don't even use it anymore, and it's going to be a lot better for you in the long run, from a learning standpoint, and just from a like a mental health standpoint. It's going to be better for your brain if you don't try and do everything perfectly.
0: Yes, we'll wrap up with a philosophical note. Yes, uh, Dwarf Fortress like life, you can make all the plans you want. But be ready for uh, for pivots because it's not going to go as planned.
2: Never exactly.
4: Well,
1: that's half the fun of it, isn't it? You know, yeah, ad- adapting to it, and it's really discouraging. I'd say for new players, like super discouraging when you have like a forgotten beast come through and kill all of the people that are down there, and you have like five people left. But you can come back from it, and you learn
3: a lot. Yeah, seconding. And at that point, at that point, I would say you know maybe consider letting that fortress die, but consider reclaiming it. You know, if you're down to fewer than your starting seven dwarves, maybe maybe not if some of them are super skilled. But if you're down to fewer than your, your starting seven dwarves and none of them are particularly skilled, maybe just abandon the fortress and then come reclaim it. And then you'll have a little bit more manpower. You'll have your starting resources again. And then that gives you an uh, an impetus. It gives you a reason to be there. You know, you're going to reclaim the fort. You're going to kill that darn forgotten beast that got to your, your last set of guys. <laughs>
1: On that note, if you have a a fort that's failing or or you've had that forgotten beast that came in and paralyzed everybody or broke their arms or they've all lost the ability to stand and everyone's just laying around, just abandon the fortress and or retire it and then set up a new one nearby and all those injured dwarves who've lost the ability to stand will magically get the ability to stand again and appear in your fortress as healthy dwarves again. Oh, well, you don't have to. Yeah, it's it's a super weird bug I've been playing around with, but Every time I have a dwarf that's lost the ability to stand and is useless, I'll um I'll fly I'll give him a nickname saying injured, and then you know they'll 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 turn up as migrants in my new fortress and everything's stickity boo. But a lot of them will still say lost the ability to stand. It doesn't seem to be slowing them down anymore. They seem to be pretty good. Like one of my legendary dwarves had lost the ability to stand, but now he's my squad leader, um, doing a real bang up job, but still has lost the ability to stand, but can still stand quite well so yeah you can kind of take advantage of a bug if you have dwarves that you're attached to they don't they don't their injuries don't seem to persist
2: between forts so
0: that's good to know right, Right. roland any any final notes
2: for you uh let me think whether or not i want uh blatant self-advertisement yes i want to sure Um, sure so, uh, everybody knows I've been playing a Bloodline Fortress again, uh, together with a Tekid and a new person called Not Safer. She just started Dwarf Fortress. She's very new. And uh, we are currently playing Distant Call. And it is great fun because we started in a savage biome. We have a lot of large, angry birds, and people die. Cool. <laughs> Sounds great that was very abrupt and people die
0: in the line
1: to <laughs> hard to hard to see anything wrong with
0: all right well thanks willow so much for stopping by and, and talking with us well everybody thanks for listening in to episode 85 of dwarf fortress roundtable thanks willow for coming by yeah
3: thanks for having me on
0: so everyone out there uh, good luck and dig deep Keep deep see ya next time bye-bye see ya
3: Cheers.
0: This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All Crafts is of the highest quality. Thanks, Alfonso.